Yo, 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 what is happening? It's another episode of Sync Gems. It's your boy Roy, and we are in for a treat. Michael Moss is coming back, and I'm so excited that he is because he drops business gems left and right. We have talked about his journey from working on trains to making six-figure royalty checks in episode 18. And that was dope as well. So I recommend if you haven't heard that, go back to it. In this episode, we take a really deep dive into the business in music, the business side and Michael's label things that he sees composers doing that he wishes they didn't and things that he wishes he didn't do as a composer. He gives many gems about how he suggests to work with labels and things that he does to keep a really good, healthy relationship with the people he works with, which was huge in my opinion. And another big thing is in this episode, after this episode, after this episode, me and Michael talked and he agreed to give all the listeners the same discount as last time. So if you were on the fence about this course and want to take it for 30% off, in the next 14 days, if you press the affiliate link in the show notes, which means the description of this podcast and type in sync gems 30 you're gonna get a 30 percent discount and this course is a gold mine i'm telling you even after having things with the likes of universal bmg apm and a lot of other places i learned so much from this course so to me it's a no-brainer anyhow without further ado my man michael mas here we go again, Michael Moss. What's going? You. <laughs> What's up? Many things. I don't know. You know, I you know. Where do we start? I don't know. Where do we start? I, we, we, we can start <laughs> everywhere, and I could tell you a story for everything. I think, like, you know, yeah. But it's, it's pretty good. It's busy as always. I hope you too. But yeah, I'm I'm slowly going towards vacation. I, I didn't realize that yet, that it's really strange. So I just realized it when I'm on the way to the airport, because before there's so much, so many things in my head going on, you know, like still organizing stuff till the last second. And I told you, I, I don't really work on vacation, but musical-wise, but I still do the other jobs like the music supervision thing, and organizing uh, the company audio tech i mean i got a few co-workers but you still have to keep the hand on on everything that everything is rolling because otherwise nothing is rolling you know you always have to keep yeah your your workers you know in how can i say that in your eyes area you know so you see them what they're doing what's going on and yeah it's pretty much fun uh I'm going to do a two months uh, composing sabbatical. I call it like that because I really w- won't compose for two months right now. And 
It's always the same when I come back from vacation. I get a feeling I lost all my skills. It's more like a fear, you know. I lost all my skills and I'm not able anymore to compose anything. It's but I'm used to it already because I had it like at least ten years right now. So I know it's coming. I know I'm gonna have the feeling I maybe lost all my skills and all that kind of you know. But it, it's like a a pattern, a little bit. It's mind thing, I think. So, so you get used to that. So you, you're a little bit more like um, a third person outside watching yourself, how you act and telling yourself, oh, it's going to be like this, it's going to be like that, because you had it all, already multiple times. You know? It's like, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, like, I, I, can, I can totally resonate with that. I mean, I just, uh, I've been in Israel now for a month straight almost um, for vacation, uh, visiting my family. So I don't get to talk a lot of Indonesian where that's the, the language that I speak in, in, in Bali where I, where I live most of the time, but I didn't get to speak it in a month. And then I pick up the phone and my girlfriend calls and we start speaking Bahasa, the, the language, and I speak it even better than I did before. So it's like, it's interesting how, you know, um, at times the um, being able to go to the outside in order to get a better look inside into what's going on, actually, I feel like it's my, it's my secret weapon that, and the most overlooked weapon that people don't utilize because they want to hustle and they want to grind and they want to build their catalog and things like that, that. I don't know. It can make music very un unappealing as well. I mean, it's it's all a business, you know. That's where most composers fail. They either they just got the music running, or it's the opposite. They really suck at music and they got some business skills. And I would even say people who got business skills are better on the market than people that have only music skills. I mean, it's sad to say it like this, you know, but it's really like that. Um, I, I just see that almost every every day, every week, and we just had a conversation on a, on a forum on Facebook, and it, it was that usual message like, "Hey guys, I got some music laying around which I think fits to television," you know. And you all almost know that if someone comes around the corner like that, saying, "Hey, I got some music laying around, I think it fits for television," it definitely is not fitting for television because everyone think it's everything would be fitting for television. And it's not like that, actually, you know. And that's that's mostly artists uh, wishing, hey, I got pretty good tracks which are great for streaming. Maybe they are great for streaming, but maybe they are not so good for sync or for TV because they, you know, don't got anything that is maybe related to to television. You know, I mean, artist music um, is mostly focusing on the artist, you know, on the vocal, and it's. It can be very busy, you know, and busy is not always that good for at least television and sync. I mean, there are, there are many, uh, many cases where it can be, you know, but it's, it's more limited definitely than background music itself, you know. So it's, I don't want to say it's not the case that artist music is not syncing. It definitely is syncing, you know, if you see that sometimes, but, um, if you check then maybe some car commercials and you hear the instrumental by the weekend in the background, there's a specific reason because there's just the instrumental in the background 
and not a vocal on top or something. You know, that's, you know, it happens, you know, many times. But a lot of uh, a lot of labels have been asking for vocals lately. I've I've noticed yeah. like a lot of uh, labels yeah. have been. There's like a renaissance for some reason. What, what do you think that is? It, it really is. There's a trend going on at the moment. I got requests like crazy for that for epic pop, which means like great um, um, streamable music, but also made for sync, for trailers, and for TV. I don't know from where that trend is coming right now. But I get requests from Universal, from BMG. Um, did that before with Obscene Steelers, with Ken Lewis together. You know, before it was a trend because we had so much fun doing that. And it's really requested right now to do epic hip hop, trailer ish tracks, even epic pop tracks with really deepful, mindfully lyrics. Um, I'm just working for BMG at the moment uh, with a pop writer from the UK. And a singer and lyric writer from the UK on soundtracks for BMG. So that's a total proof that it's requested, you know. But I don't know from where the trend came from. I don't know from where it came. It's like yeah, from one day to another. Yeah, and know? also, and, also to to what you were saying about um, maybe they watched me what I'm doing with Ken Lewis, you know, and said, okay, it's a trend right now. <laughs> maybe, so, they yeah, maybe they have. Maybe they have. Uh, maybe the whole trailer industry is just like following Michael Moss on his journey. No, <laughs> Holy no. shit. Be careful um, what you say. People uh, really think that's what you mean to do, you know? <laughs> we can be conspiracy theorists here. Well, why not? Um, but uh, to what you were saying, just to take it back a bit before we go forward, you were talking about people who, are, who say they, their tracks might fit into sync. And when people say that to me, and they say that a lot, um, I say to them, "Where? So, okay, so where?" And they're like, uh, "I don't know, uh, sync. I don't know. Like, I think it would fit on TV." And I, and I'm like, "Okay, but what show? Like, what? Where, where do you think it would fit?" And then what I where it leads to naturally is I, I tell them, "Listen, before you give me stuff to listen to, if you don't understand around ish where it can go, how can I help you?" You know what I mean? Like people are artists, as you were saying, they are looking for somebody to take their art and leverage it and, or something like that. But the only person who can leverage your art is you in the beginning of the day. Um, yeah, so. And it would be so easy to prove. I mean, how could you do some research on if your music is running on TV, do some research on television, watch shows, check what's going on, check maybe other kind of artists sing companies some maybe like lyric house maybe some like sync music with set or maybe position music what they are placing you know like artists placing in sync those are specific companies which are focusing on placing artist music for sync it's not specifically production music or trailer music you know more artist focused and the best research you can do is on tv what's what's running what, what is used on television you know I'm always confused because kind of like this industry is easy to break down in some specific rules. And if you understood that, or if you understand it, what, what, what's used and how is it used, etc., it would be so easy to align to that. You know? And I'm always confused how people are not able to get that information by themselves out of the internet or something just by research, you know, because what, what I do 
my kind of um how can i say that my kind of um plan for sync so what i do personally as a composer you know as a freelancing composer and my kind of philosophy about it is just based on facts what's going on on numbers you know to see how many tracks are running there how many tracks are running there and it's kind of like data a little bit see it a little bit like you would take data out of facebook like companies maybe do that and see okay what's what's selling good you know and on top of those numbers you could say okay that that's really a proof because numbers and data is not lying you know uh, I'm I'm not a good math guy, by the way. I never was good at math, so maybe I have I do wrong data. But but it's it's kind of like for sync, it's not that complicated. You can do pretty great research on television uh, by spying other libraries. What are they doing? Other composer? What are they doing? What 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 do they get placed? You know how does it sound in terms of sync and music? Um, there are so many forums out there. You can talk to people, even to really big guys who are like tremendous, you know, successful and open to even, you know, talk talk to other people and their secrets. Um, you can go for tutorials on YouTube. You can buy courses from other people which are experienced in that and maybe save you some time. You know, it's. I mean, as I started ten years ago, I didn't had any help at all. You know, no one helped me. There were a few guys, which. Um, um, pointed me into directions and said, hey, try to apply there in this company or try to apply there. But I never asked for emails or something or asked, hey, could you maybe bring me in? That's a thing Germans are usually not doing. You know, it's a, a German thing maybe, you know, like like asking, hey, what kind of money are you doing? And, or, you know, how much do you make from, from your music? And so I always had to adjust from one small step to another small step. And it was always always baby steps. And it was a long way as we bespoke in the last podcast was like, you know, not only 10 years in the production trailer music industry, also the experience before in the music industry, which started with, you know, industry-wise with 16, but musical-wise with six or, or five or something like that. But there's so much, so many things out in the internet and you just have to look up for that. You know, easy, easy thing, how to write invoices. People, most people don't know how to write invoices and you can get so many uh, things, uh, online things about invoices on the internet. You know, it's sometimes it's really confusing to me that, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe people are lazy. Maybe it's a little bit like that, you know, too lazy to check or I don't know, you know. It's maybe it's yeah. I mean it's time um, right now, you know, that, that people are getting more lazy saying, Oh, you know I would like to have success yesterday. You know what I mean? If it's not fast enough. Yeah, hundred percent. It's I feel like there's there's a bit of a sense of entitlement. Like my art should do the talking for me, like because a lot of people say, you know, the the uh, uh, art speaks for itself or whatnot. Um, but I think, and I was, I was one of these people who misconstrue this, who say art is the only thing and everything else follows it. But 
in today's world, there has to be something more for you to have an edge. Like if you if you just blast a supervisor with shit they don't even need, they're gonna blacklist you, and and you're 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 not. It's just it's just a fact. If you give somebody something that is completely out of their realm, they're like, okay, he's message bombing me. So. I, I think research is one word. Research is a, is a scary word for me, but just doing the little legwork. Legwork is a word, is a word that I like because y- you have to figure out, um, figure out your, your way like you do in everything in this space. And I, that's where I want to transition a little bit into, into your course because I've done your course and straight out the bat, the first module, I learned more than I did from any other course that I did on, on the business side, for sure. Like a hundred percent. It's like, it's pure, pure gold. Like I've, I've, I started sending you messages after that. Ah, how did I not know this and stuff like that? So yeah, I plucked you for, for three weeks. <laughs> Joking. Yeah. Let's get into this. Like what's, what's the... So, so you were you were touching invoices, but uh, which you do touch in the course. But what other things did you see that are missing in the composers that you work with that you deliver in this in this piece of work that you've put out? I mean, the entire course is about sync. You know, I I like to break down in in one sentence. It's like uh, the ultimate guide to making a living from media music. You know. And the guide is not mm-hmm. only how to compose and how to deliver those files, which is, by the way, also in a course included, which many, many people have problems with, by the way. Um, but how can you start a business? Because as a composer, you are your own business. That's the most important thing to realize at the beginning. And if you don't realize it from the start, there could be some trouble maybe a few years later. Let's, like, let's, say, let, let's talk then about tax and all that kind of things you know, which breaks the neck of many people, you know. Um, so I thought it makes sense to build a course talking first about things so you under, so I understand how the music industry is working, you know, talking about terms, talking about what means performance, you know, what means writer's share, what means publisher share, because to teach someone, you have to use the same language. That's very important. It doesn't make sense if I talk to someone and say, hey, publishing, we are, we are going to collect publishing. We're going to make a, you know, a pretty big fortune from publishing in, in six to 10 years or something like that. And they say, yeah, publishing really nice. What, what, what do they mean with publishing? You know? And if you didn't clarify that before, also talking about what are royalties? What is sync? What's the difference between realities and sync? You know, what's performance? Because I, I still get those questions today from people which are experienced composers. They say, hey, I get from my peer all realities, which is, by the way, so-called publishing, divided into writer's share and publisher share. Uh, but what is that kind of sync? What do I get there? You know, what is sync? And many people don't understand that there's, Something called royalties, which is paid by a peer or performance rights organization, which is kind of like money you get from your music running on TV, on radio, 
on live performance on stages, etc. This kind of thing. But everything that's not covered about royalties means then later sync. Like let's say you have music in a trailer, you don't get any royalties. So don't you get any money from that? You get money from that, which is a sync fee. You know, a synchronization fee for getting your music synchronized to picture, which is royalties, by the way, as well. But in this kind of usage, is simply not paid. It's simply no royalties paid at all. You know, so really important for me was to teach the people first terms and talking about the industry itself, how it works. You know, we are talking about social media, how to use social media as a tool for your advantage, simply because most people don't realize that you can do that. You know, and most important to me was talking about the business side and kind of um, what kind of. Am I opening a company? Am I a freelancer? How is it about the tax side? Because you definitely make money as a self-employed one. You know, either you are a freelancer or you're running a company, but you have to pay tax. You know, and you have responsibilities. So that's packed in module number one. Beside how to get your music into the industry, something like a small master plan. How can I get contact to production music libraries? How can I write? What is a production music library? How can I contact them in the most easiest, best way? Because that's where people also fail. Um, what's standard terms and contracts? What's the standard share of that? You know, that's the module number one. Um, how to write an invoice? No joke. I had a conversation today with a German composer which invoiced me 10 times already. And he asked me how to invoice to me from Germany to Germany, you know, from the same place. And people, I got a feeling people are educating themselves pretty good musical-wise, but that's it, you know. And that's pretty, pretty dangerous because if you don't know what's going out, going on around you because you cannot give everything to an accountant or to someone else because you are responsible for what you're doing, And remember, as a composer, you are a business. You know, you can fail and you can do good. But if you fail, your composing joy is probably not that much anymore. So most important, that's why I packed that everything in module number one, was to me that people understand they are business people as well. Because that's, that's a step where the most people failed in at the very end. You know, so I just built that course around that feeling I had in those students. You know, I had since Corona, sometimes 20 students a month and everyone had almost the same question. And after a year, I realized, okay, if all those people have the same question, maybe all the other composers out there, they would be really grateful for that kind of information to get, you know, the, the questions and the mindset of those other composers And, but getting that info packed into that business module number one so they know what's going on, you know, because I think it's pretty sad to explain people business things because it's something you really could learn. But I was on a business economy school before. I hated it, you know, that was before my career as a composer. I totally hated it. But today I'm so happy I had that because I understand now what's about tax, paying tax in advance, paying tax afterwards. What sales tax? When do I have to pay sales tax? You know, 
if I invoice someone from Germany to the US, do you have to add sales tax on that invoice? And something like that, if you do it wrong, this can really break your neck, you know? So therefore, mm. module number one is highly important. And I, th I think it's nowhere, I didn't found that anywhere, this kind of content specific talking about production and sync music. There may be some general courses about music business, but I guess there's nothing that tackles all those steps you need as a production sync music composer there. Maybe it's more artist related, you know? Therefore, I, I think it could be very helpful. And important to me was we improve that every day, every week. So sometimes we get feedback by some students. For example, we had one um, student on a sync music business course. He, he said, okay, can you talk about royalty-free libraries and exclusive, non-exclusive uh, contracts, etc." So we were putting that into the course right now because really no one asked me about that three years before uh, as a Patreon student of mine. You know, So it's generally always, it's getting always refreshed with thematics, something like maybe in the future about AI, you know, artificial intelligence, what's that word at all, you know, AI, I just call it AI. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's important to me to keep uh, people up to date what's going on. And that's, that's another big discussion about AI, what are things, you know. Yeah. We're, we're <clears throat> Did you base the course on mistakes that you've done or mistakes that you've seen other people yeah. do? Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm very honest. I think people have that right now, you know, that I'm a pretty honest guy. I'm pretty straight. I tell people what's good, what's bad. Uh, and I was packing into the course. It's also module number one, uh, how to act with publishers, which is, which is very important because I did many things wrong in the past as I was a queen bee, as I was a newbie, because I didn't have any information about how that music business is running, you know? So I had to do those mistakes to learn from. Everyone is doing mistakes. That's totally normal. But sometimes you're burning purchase with that, you know, or sometimes you're losing so many months or even years to get to the point where you made that mistake, you know? So really important to me was getting one line into that, or let's say one topic, how to act with publishers in general is saying, okay, make the life of a publisher as easy as possible. I can tell you some discussions we had on, on, on several forums. Um, there was a guy, I don't going to name any names, you know, there was a guy in a forum and said, hey, I wasn't really happy with the cover design my publisher was sending me, so I declined it. It was like, oh, okay, this guy got bored, you know, <laughs> and he declined the cover design. Said, hey, <laughs> could you please do some other, could you please do, I hope he said, please, could you please do some other cover design? And the publisher answered him, yeah, but we have restricted, um, we have not that big budgets for cover design. So actually it's the last one, you know? So what's, I mean, from the artist side, it makes sense to say, hey, I really don't like that cover. I did it as well in the past because the cover was really awful. I couldn't place my name on that cover, you know? But the difference to that guy and me was, I said to my publisher, hey, I would like to hire my own graphic designer and let him do a graphic design I think that fits and fits to the industry as well, which is important, 
it shouldn't should not only fit to your like that you like it you know it should also fit to the industry and i pay it out of my pocket so you don't have that extra expenses and i'm gonna be happy with that and you're gonna be happy with that because you don't have to pay anymore because you already paid for a cover design from the business side as a company so as i'm running audio tech when someone would say that to me as a publisher I wouldn't be upset. I can totally understand it. But from the business side, here's the point. That's extra money you are investing in someone and you are not investing that money in someone else. You know, And maybe 10 guys, 10 guys are happy with the cover design and one guy is not happy with the cover design. You will always, you're always going to be that one guy who was not happy with the cover design. You understand what I mean? It's human. It's simply human. You always, even if you don't want to, You, you're gonna stay in the mind of those people of your publisher with that guy who was not happy with the cover design and all the other people are happy with the cover design so what would be probably the best solution be as easy to work with those people you don't have to say you are happy with the cover design if you are not but then probably pay it out of your own pocket so you are happy with the cover design and you're and you don't gonna be that guy who is in the head of your music supervisor at a publishing company, which is maybe a little bit pain in the ass. No, it's the opposite. You even paid it out of your own pocket. So you are, you know, you are a great guy to work with because you offer this, the solution by yourself. You understand what I mean? It's, it's all about how you stay in the mind of those people, those publishers at the very ending. And even if they can understand you, It's extra co additional costs to them and additional work. You know, that's just one example. I did also wrong in the past, but uh, I was pretty fast upset at the beginning of my career when I didn't have an answer from a publisher in, in a few days, you know, because I thought, oh, it's my art. I was putting so much work into that, you know, and I really have to laugh. It's, I'm smiling when, I, when I'm talking about that because I see how. Greener was behind my ears those, those days. And the simple reason some publishers are working faster, some are working not that fast, maybe, are, maybe some are more busy, some have less people in their company sitting, caring for the composers at the very ending, but mostly people are just busy as a publisher. You know, I can tell you I got so much work to do after our podcast today as a publisher, so... And there's another thing I can 100%, tell you. I think. You know, there, there's yeah, a, please. Well, one small example I got it right now. I did, now I'm talking as a publisher, okay? I did contracts with people and they always have to fill out Excel files. So I can copy paste over their information like address, the name, bank account, IPI, PRO number, etc. over to the contract and get it in, uh, automated. And there were some guys which have Fails information in there. So I had to redo that contract again. You know, it's it's my time again as a as a as a publishing runner, you know, and actually that's not less time. It's sometimes an hour you have to prep a contract like this and revise, you know. And I think people don't understand how busy publishing companies are, how many tasks they got, you know, to every ending. So I'm not upset, but I <laughs> I feel it's extra work for me, additional work for me. You know, and people simply don't understand what's going on behind the curtain there, you know, 
behind the closed doors and actually publishing companies are really busy. And I was the same, you know, I was, I was requesting dumb things, you know, I was, because I was not really educated about it. One publisher sent me an album, which was not mastered to 0.3 dB minus 0.3. It was mastered to minus one. <laughs> and I said really to the, to that publisher in 2004, he said, Hey, could you please remaster that to minus 0.3 dB? So the mastering engineer had to do it again mm. just because of, you know, 0.7 dB less on there. And today I know that was totally nonsense. But back in those days, I was pretty much paying in DA to that publisher, probably, because I was not educated, you know. And I didn't know how that business was running. That's packed in the course. So if you got that course, you probably should avoid a few mistakes I did and you're going to do. And maybe easily save yourself, like, at all five years. I would say easily five years. hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's also a bit about mechanical royalties. And I feel like even um, for people who have been in this industry for a while, it's just such a good, um, it fills so many voids and holes. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's in order to really be successful and, and have longevity in this industry and make a living out of it even, which is possible. Um, one needs to, to, to really learn the rules to break them, you know, like, uh, um, because if you know, you can, you, you know, your master can be, um, uh, uh, point, um, minus one DB or whatnot. And yeah. you just want it to be, uh, minus, uh, point three. It's your choice. But if you, you do it from a knowledge that it doesn't matter, then yeah. you have so much more power. Um, and so much more, uh, and so much more wisdom on somebody who's just saying whatever they think at the moment. Yeah. And then also companies see you differently and act differently to you and give you different, um, uh, different, different uh, tasks at hand. It, it doesn't make sense at all to change your mastering from zero point three. To, to uh, the opposite from minus one to minus 0 0.3 doesn't make any difference in terms of sync. It's just yeah. a little bit louder. Yeah. yeah. You know? But it was so much extra work to that publisher and the, you know, and the mastering engineer, probably extra costs. So it's, 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 uh, they probably have a good reason to not work anymore <laughs> with me today. You know, I mean, that was back yeah. in 2014. Yeah. That was 2014. But it's definitely a client. I'm not working anymore today. It doesn't matter if it, it was coming from yeah. my side or, the, or from their side, you know, but you can lose clients with it. And in our world, production, trailer, sync world, uh, media music at all, one client can be everything. Um, I have one client which had so many revisions back in 2014 and I was the only trailer composer there and it was so hard work. I still remember that. I still was in my main show back in those days, 2014. I had to work before the shift and after the shift on that album. Actually, it was one of my first albums at all. And I had so much stomach pain because of that, because it was never ending revisions. But here's coming the point. I was overcoming that feeling to say, hey, I'm going to stop it. It's too much work right now. And I cannot understand anymore your revisions. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make all the time sense, the revisions. But I was silent you know 
but didn't sell anything. But this client actually was giving me 10 years of work afterwards. You know, I was mm. the only trailer composer there for 10 years, which means probably, I don't know, I maybe did 20, 30, 40, 50 trailer albums for them alone, you know, and wow. they were so wow. good paying. So what would have happened if I said, hey, I'm going to stop right now with you because there are so many revisions. And for me, it, it feels so painful, you know, as a beginner, 2014, I was still a beginner. So I didn't understood that revision process at all. And the revisions came from because I was not trained pretty good yet. Though these days, maybe I would have revision one, two, three or something like that. You know, back in those days, I had 15 revisions sometimes on a track. So I didn't, I was overcoming my ego. Let's say it like this. I was, I was feeding my ego. I felt like, okay, that's really scratching on my ego right now. It feels painful. And, you know, it's my art, blah, 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 you know. And, but I was overcoming that and understood more that it's a business as well, you know. And in business, there's not so much place for egos. It's really like that. Business mm. is business, you know. And no one, no one want to work with people which have to, Two big egos, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good energy. I love that. How, how do time. you <laughs> how do you <laughs> drop the mic? <laughs> um how do you bridge the gap between between the business and the art? Oh, that's really that's a good question. Um I still feel that I do art. As a composer, it's definitely art, but it's art made for specific usage. You know, it's art done for something specific. So it's work as well. Um, it's 50 50 for me. I try to do my work still arty, that it sounds like art, and I try to be happy with everything what I deliver. Um, but I understood as soon as I deliver something, to someone, I probably don't like it anymore. But I have that feeling all the time. And I was overcoming that as well. You know, I said, okay, it's normal. It's all the time there. So don't give so much attention to that. And just go on with the next project. Maybe in a few years when you re-listen back to that track or to that album, you know if it's good or not. You know, if you still like it a few years later, it's probably good, you know. Um in terms of art, I do it till I'm really happy with that. And it goes pretty fast those days because I'm pretty experienced and do nothing else than that, you know. Uh, in terms of business, I know most of the business things going on in the background as a publisher and as a composer and all the other things. So that's more like an automated process for me these days. I don't think anymore so much about it. It's, you know, I think I got a feeling like what I'm doing already with the art in composing, the business things are already included into that. It's like you would write a code and you're creating art with that code in terms of design, but everything is already so coded that it got, that got a connection to Vwise or Fmod in terms of video game soundtracks, you know? So it's fitting to the business side directly as well, you know? So that that's something coming from experience, I think. Handling both 
things. Imagine something like two wheels or clock things playing with each other and it's always connecting to each other. This is art. This is business. And they have to come together like, you know, hands that are fitting to each other or something. If one side is not working well, it's clinching. It's the same with music. If the music is not that good, the business is maybe better to adjust, you know, maybe you still get some things for that or someone. But if the business side is not working, you don't get the music out. Then you got art, but art for who? You know? For your parents. You know, for yourself. Which is good, by the way, which is good. It's important that you do art for yourself as well, which I'm doing also. I'm not only doing everything for the business, you know, or for the money. That That's not making you happy, you know, at the very ending. It's the opposite. It's making really, really many, many people sad and depressive if they only focus on money and business. Therefore, when you love something like pop, like I love, love it. And I started with that 2020 with the Epic single series uh, and own label for my production music company. Um, now it's a trend. Now people are calling their label artist series. You know, I called it 20 Epic single series. Now people are coming out. I see that more and more publishers are coming out with artist series, you know, with singles. Go for that. Go what you like and what's making you happy. And that's something about mindset and maybe manifestation. As soon as you love it, you're happy with that. It's going to adjust to your business as well. I think that's important to know. If you believe that's it or not. That's huge. That's huge, yeah. man. I'm just, uh, I'm just interested. So, like, again, your course brings out some very, very, um, very powerful things and also just seeing you produce and seeing the speed that you work in and your workflow and how you just like crank things and put them out. Um, what do you think, because you're also a supervisor and also a publisher, what is the next step for a, a um, composer? Say they have a few hundred of tracks, uh, hundreds of tracks or thousands of tracks. And they want to go to that next level. What would you say that it is for them after they've done everything that's mentioned in your course? Good question. Um, you mean when someone has maybe already a few hundred tracks out in the industry and they're taking my course, so what could they learn from them, from, from that course? Or what do you no, mean? No, I, I mean, they've learned, they've learned, they've taken your course now. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're after your course. Um, where, where, where would you send these people? Let's say that they're like, I want to go to that next level. Where can, what can your course be a segue to? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So if you made that course, you definitely got the tools and you know where to go to. This is important. You don't know only how to produce it, how to mix it, how to master it, how to deliver it to your next client. You know, the business side as well on top of that, which is important. But then you got the tools as well to know how to find your clients and how to message to them and who to message to. Because there are specific publishers out there which definitely go the best in TV, in sync, you know, like the big ones. Like if you go to Sony, BMG, Warner Chapel, Universal, all those 
big publishing companies. I mean, it's hard to get in there. Definitely, it's really hard to get in there. But if your quality is great, they want to have you. So even if you are a beginner, but your quality is over the top and you're sounding unique and you understood how to arrange the track, which is in the course um, as well, and how to create sync points in there, etc., you won't have any problems to get into the big ones if you do it in the right way, which also means don't send them any biography PDFs in your email, you know, which many, many people do. Don't write waves. Yeah. yeah. AIFFs. Yeah, AIFFs, exactly. Uh, attach your, don't attach your music to emails. People still do that, you know. One, I don't going to say who that is, but people are sending me proof that I can sing. So like a certificate of a, of a vocal coaching school, you know. And when, when something like that is coming around the corner, I mostly know, okay, it probably isn't the case, you know, because I had that so, so multiple times, you know. So, yeah, I mean, if we are honest, there are so many things in the industry where a single composer can fail or make the heart, the, the life harder, you know, simply. Uh, if you take that course and if you do it wisely and you really listen and you do it maybe multiple times at the very ending, um, there's no chance to fail anymore because you know the tools you need to have and you know where to submit the stuff, you know. I won't reveal everything right now here in the podcast, uh, but it's the same strategy I'm running, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten so much uh, out of you and your course, and I feel like yes, it, what what you're saying is uh, it makes total sense. And what it did for me is it gave me more confidence in which to move with and know what to ask for and who to approach and how to approach. Um, so that's something I've, I have to say I'm grateful for and to take my hat off for that. And you also have, now it's also in, in German and in um, Spanish, yeah? Yeah, that was Three languages. really, really important to me because there's nothing like this in German. We, we are still developing the course in German, but what's done is already available. That was important for me as well. So people can finish the course already in English. English is done. Spanish is done, which was important to me as well because I think there's nothing out there for the Spanish community. And so many people are talking Spanish, so that could be very helpful for Spanish-speaking people. German market. Uh, the course is going to be finished. I tried to finish it before my vacation, but the last date it will be finished going to be maybe end of August. Something like that. So when I'm back, I'm going to finish that. But uh, there's simply nothing like that on the market in those three languages. And I think nothing on the market at all uh, what's combining all those things together. You can buy a course for business. You can buy a course for trailer music. You can buy a course for production music. You can buy a course about doing the invoice things and text things, you know. But you have to buy four different, you know, courses for I don't know how many thousand of you know, US dollars or something. Uh, that's everything combined in that course. So yeah, three languages available here. Yeah. And it's going to stay three languages. 100%. We won't add Chinese or so. You know, like, <laughs> that. Mandarin? You're not going to add Mandarin, bro? 
Shame Dad, on someone you. asked me. Um, asked me to offer that in Mandarin. <laughs> it was like I don't know. If it was a, a joke. There's a lot of people who speak Mandarin. There's definitely a, a market yeah. for it. I mean, there's definitely yeah, um, yeah but you know, a few, a few. Yeah, but we did millions. some some market analysis for that. For uh, we, it was in the planning stage to have it in Chinese and Mandarin, and we did some um, market analysis with our Chinese sub publisher. So they said, "Oh, it's probably not that good to do that." You know, because of multiple reasons. For now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for now. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you can have an AI do it for you in a few uh yeah. in a few months and and yeah, you can make some uh some have some more clients to your music. Is there is there to your course, I mean, is there anything you want you feel like you've left out, you want to speak about your uh yeah, about the course? Is there anything we've left out? I think um, it's important to mention that this course is something I had to experience almost my whole lifetime, almost 40 years. You know, as I started as a piano player, as a classical piano player, till the last few years, till I really managed to get my work-life balance as a composer, business things, and composing skills done you know this course is really a summary of all that what i did the last let's say 35 years you know um you definitely gonna avoid mistakes i did because i explained it in a course what's important so you can avoid that and those mistakes cost me almost i think five to seven years to work them up again you know so I hope it can save you out there who's taking the course um, also five years because you won't do those mistakes, which is important. Um, we're going to update the course constantly with different kind of showers, how to compose them. At the moment, we added those showers which are placing the most in TV, at least not in sync, but in TV, which is solo piano music still. Let's see what AI is doing in the future with solo piano music because I think that's some of the first showers which are going to be replaced because it's easy, easy patterns, you know, easy to, easy replaceable. Uh, we explain how to compose rock production music. We explain how to do tension production music, um, which is definitely, if I compare numbers, um, let's say my gamer spreadsheet or my BMI spreadsheet, those three genres are running the most. No, it's not my trailer music, which is running the most, but it's probably number four, number five, which is running great, which we are also touching. We are touching how to compose trailer music in basic terms. So people understand it because doing trailer music is an entire course by itself, which we, by the way, gonna start to develop by the end of the year. So it will be available next year. Um, Starting in August, we're going to have monthly masterclasses. You don't know that yet. I haven't talked about anyone about that. So people, we see ourselves as a community, you know, a driving community. So masterclasses are going to be available exclusive for Sync Music Business course who own the course. It's something uh, you have to pay for because um, there are just AAA people in those masterclasses. You know, so maybe like, let's say, I, I, I won't really reveal any names yet, but those people who are going to hold, I, I won't hold that masterclass, maybe a few of them about trailer music or something like that. 
But the other people who are holding those masterclasses um, are going to be triple A people. Maybe a music supervisor from a big publishing company, you know, someone like that. Maybe a pro mixer who mixed Taylor Swift and other guys, you know, stuff like that. But it's going to be pretty cheap because there are minimum five people in that masterclass up to maybe 20 or something, you know, important. But it's only available to the people who are in the Think Music business community with me then because uh, it's not possible to offer that in a cheap way to everyone out there simply. You know, we have to cover costs. We have to pay the, the masterclass holder, et cetera. And I think you can imagine if you got AAA people in there, they are expensive, you know. So that knowledge you're going to learn from there is going to be incredible. So Think Music business is not only then the course content and going to be masterclasses. And by the way, also SFX and VSTs in the future made. We are right now developing a VST. I cannot reveal what it is, but it's something I'm using all the time, but in a much more simpler way. If you know me, I'm a guy for simplicity. You know, and those VSTs are going to be very simple and done for epic things. Say it like that. Yeah. About the course itself, I think, you know, go to the site, go to the bottom, check the course content. Everything is, uh, you get a description about the course, what's in there. Really, every topic that was important to me that people can see what they buy, you know, before they buy it, you know. And you can even pay it in three installments. So that's also possible. And we have sometimes some codes, Word. you know, coupons. Yeah, and uh, you said I we didn't have it in the last podcast, but uh, people have like a sample pack as well that they get with the uh, the course with the with the. Uh, do they still? Yeah, it was for the Sync Music Business trailer contest uh, for free available, but uh, we can pack a package for your community and get it to them for free. It was last time. It was even the. The SFX Riser package we had with you, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's something we definitely can That's do. So, have. yeah. If you buy through Sick. the Royal Mats uh, affiliate link, you're going to get a free SFX Riser package with it. So, that's something we're going to do constantly as well. That's, that's my negotiating class right there. I'm going <laughs> to do a master class. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. I'm gonna. We're, we're not even promoting Michael's course. We're promoting my negotiation course. Yeah, exactly. That's not not happening yet. Um, man, bro, I'm so grateful for you coming on, and I'm so grateful for your pay, for your just like your presence in in my life. And I know that the people on the podcast are so grateful for for you and for the last podcast we went on. So. I'm so happy you came and made time for this because Likewise. yeah, it just it just means the world to me. And it's um I'm I'm sometimes I have the halo effect, if you know what it is. It's like the the effect where, you know, you speak to someone who's really great and you're like you feel like a little bit uh, uh um drawn back. And I mean, I can say I feel it a bit when I when I speak to people like you. And also it's just it's just very humbling to see how 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 amazing people like you tick. So I am super grateful uh, for you uh, coming on again. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy again. 
you know, we could have those podcasts almost every week and talking about different topics, never ending stuff. Hell yeah. You know? It's like, you know, so we, many things. We all run it back, man. Every, every time, yeah. invite me tomorrow. No, <laughs> just joking. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, <laughs> brother. Perfect. All righty. This was the conversation with Michael Moss. If you want to take this course for 30% off, you have thir you have 14 days to go ahead, click the click the link in the description, punch in sync gems 30 all caps and you will get this course 30% off. It's a no-brainer. And also, if you want to do me a favor, go ahead follow this podcast give it a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to it on this really helps the show this helps me to know that you're engaged and you're listening and you're loving the podcast and also share it on your socials with your homies this really helps all the content all the gems are in my instagram at sync gems if you want to hit me up go ahead it's roy Matz wherever you go and i love you guys this was another episode of Sync Gems. See you in the next one. Peace.